You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Brown your first listen day in, day out. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open, as everybody knows. Oh, we're going to sit down here, put it under the lens, like we do here on Mondays. John Costco from PFF in the house. Um, and it's it's been a rousing day thus far on social media. Um, you know, I've had to go to the lengths of Baker Mayfield is throwing the ball too hard. So, because, you know, he's playing with seven and eight and nine-year-old children. So maybe he should take a little bit off it so the guys can catch the ball. So it's been a day thus far, kids. So, but we're going to put it on the lens with John. Like we, I know John, I know John, could you imagine at any time saying in a locker room, oh man, he threw that ball too hard. Brett Favre, and based, you, can't, you can't throw it that hard. You're breaking your finger, your receiver's fingers. Yes. Yes. Um, if you were to use the word, the ball was thrown too hard. I mean, you may as well just, you know, pack it up and quietly exit the locker room because you will be the joke for quite a while. Um, and guess what? For $15 million, the ball's being thrown too hard. We'll go find somebody else who's it's not being thrown too hard for. Um, but John, just because I ate lunch and I'd like to digest a little bit and not puke it right back up. We're going to start on the defensive side of the ball. No, we don't <laughs> normally do that. But in the sake of when, you know, you have to admonish someone or you need to talk to an employee, you want to try and say, hey, I'm going to have to criticize you a little bit. But I'm going to throw in a couple of positives first, and then we can get to the criticisms. So why I'm choosing to start with the defense here today. John, he certainly had his, you know, taken his beatings, Joe Woods, as defense coordinator of this team. And at times, rightfully so, sometimes not even adhering to his own advice. But you play the Baltimore Ravens. You get Lamar Jackson to throw four interceptions. You keep him to right about 300 total yards. Uh, you are on him all day long. You control every other aspect of the running game. That is not Lamar Jackson. You get efforts from Jeremiah Usukoromoa, Anthony Walker, Ronnie Harrison like you did. John, you'd be thinking we were talking about Browns maybe winning this game by double digits. Sadly, yeah. not the case. Yeah, you would you would have <laughs> expected that, right? So you get JOK, who was on the team of the week for, for linebackers. Um, Grant Delpit was very close to getting that, uh, his, his grade of a 91.5 JOK's was an 88.1. I mean, they were, they were playing excellent. You know, Grant Delpit had the, uh, the interception, um, some nice, nice tackles. Didn't, didn't miss a tackle. Um, JOK was flying all over the field. He was excellent. And he was exactly what, I mean, this, they, they constructed this defense this off season to be able to win games like they did like yesterday um, to be able to stop that specific team, that specific player. And they did it and it would have been enough. It, it normally should have been enough that you hold the Baltimore Ravens to 16 points. Um, it's now 
six, seven games that the Browns defense have hold, held their opponents to 16 points or fewer, um, you know, this season, which is, you know, kind of talking into elite type territory when you're holding your opponents to that few of points. And, you know, the, the defense did everything they wanted. I, I thought that Joe Woods pl- called an excellent game, um, really kind of mixing things up in terms of what it was that the Browns were bringing at Lamar to, to pursue kind of slow him down and made him hold the ball longer. And then on the back end, for the most part, they held up. Um, and it's not as if they got like, you know, they got 21 pressures on, on Lamar. They hurried him 16 times. It was an all around really good effort. John Johnson was, you know, the type of guy that you wanted to see. Um, you know, he, he had the interception on a great play against uh, Mark Andrews. The, Greg Newsom was excellent, really, other than mm-hmm. the one target that was, that Lamar did miss the throw on. He was beat by a step. He was really excellent in this game. He was all over the catch point. So I, I, this defense was what you wanted it to be. And they more than, more than held their own to win this game. Now, you know, talking about this week in week out, talking about this over the summer as this team, you know, we, it was going to take time for the defense. Uh, you know, we all kind of agreed on that. And, you know, there would be highs and lows, but eventually this defense, you know, should level out to, you know, the expectations and the effort and the amount of talent they put into it, training that way, offensively, certainly trending in the complete opposite direction. Um, now, but you mentioned, obviously, you some great day, John Johnson, the third. I mean, and if you really look at the surface of this and the fact that, you know, the Ravens even scored a touchdown, I mean, an absolute fluke of a catch by Mark Andrews, Ronnie Harrison, regardless, didn't matter. I mean, he had committed the pass interference anyway. And the touchdown, John, which was pseudo a Hail Mary. And even still, they got something on it. And, and just for me in that scenario is, guys, if we're going to leave anybody, let's make sure it's not 89. Yeah. Mark Andrews is the is – the, they didn't double team him at all until the final play of the game, actually, um, which is interesting. But essentially they didn't need to except for the those two plays where they got roasted on. And, you know, part of it is that with Lamar Jackson, you know that – those types of plays, those are the types of plays that you have to try to avoid on the back end. And, as, you know, you're talking about a defense that was almost a kind of a flawless performance other than those two plays. First one, obviously, that was on Ronnie Harris, and he's got to be better um, covering deep like that. Uh, the second one, that was – there was a busted – was, it looked like it was it was cover zero blitz, and there was a bust in terms of who was covering Mark Andrews. I'm pretty sure it was on Denzel Ward. Um, who who should, needed to stay on him, and if if he stays on him, Lamar is likely going to have to throw that away or get or get take a sack at that point. So um, you know that it's just that that's the one guy that scares you to death with this team. Obviously, taking the top off the defense, Mark, you know Hollywood Brown can do that, but Mark Andrews is that consistent threat that can. Is, to what you know their answer for all sorts of their blitzes any type of time that mark lamar jackson gets into a scramble drill he's looking for that guy so he's the one guy you have to to worry about and they let him get loose twice uh and you know in the way it worked out last night you know normally that still wouldn't be enough to sink your battleship but sadly it was the case last evening Jadavian cloudy miles garrett john they chased and they chased and they chased and they chased all night long so even the point where you saw Clowney physically like, my God, what else do I have to do? Miles to the port of, all right, dude, that was great. I mean, 
you just saw these guys going and this is just something you have to deal with, with, you know, the type of athlete that Lamar Jackson is, you can bring it all night, but sometimes look, it's just not enough. And, you know, you, you go back to the old days of, you know, playing tag in the backyard. Doesn't look like he's ever going to be it, John. Well, so speaking on the one play where like Clowney slammed his helmet underground and, and Miles kind of like said, shook his hand and said, good job. I definitely like Jadavian Clowney's response to that much better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like be pissed. Like that, that's what I gotta the, do. Right. That, that's the type of attitude that you want. And, and to, to be honest, it was enough. Like what they did was enough to, to stop Lamar Jackson. They did. They, they forced him into four, four interceptions. He had the worst game of his career from a grading perspective, worst game of his career. It should have been enough. It's just the other side of the ball is what failed you I, I, from a defensive perspective. Like it wasn't perfect, but it was enough to win this game for the Browns. And, and to be honest, they can go into this, the next game with a, maybe a minor or tweak or two to, to stop the run game a little bit better. It, and they have the buy. And the, the thing is it should be good enough again. It, it really should be because it, it confused Lamar Jackson and sure. Some of them was where this like unforced errors where Lamar and, and Mark Andrews weren't on the same page on the, on Ronnie, on a Ronnie Harrison interception. And um, you know, the one was like a miscommunication with with Rashad Bateman trying to, and, and Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman tipped it. And essentially that was a kind of a fluky interception too, but, but still like you can't, you couldn't have asked for a worse game from Lamar. And if you would have told me before the game that Lamar was going to put up a 32 grade or whatever it was, that I would have been, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a game the Browns are going to win. And, and it is, they just didn't. Uh, John, is this maybe starting to become a tell? Now, this is two weeks in a row now. You know, Miami did it. Uh, the Browns did it this week. We've seen teams in the past, you know, Chargers back in the day, in Lamar's first playoff spot, uh, start, uh, Tennessee a couple of years ago. Are, are you starting? And granted, look, you have to have the personnel. You have to be able to play these pseudo linebackers slash safeties. And also that these guys hold up enough well in, you know, run defense and being able to take down running backs. But, you know, if you're the Ravens, Get used to it because I imagine this is what everybody's doing from here on out until you prove otherwise. What's interesting is the Brown. So Lamar really struggles against the blitz. Um, he's one of the low worst graded quarterbacks over the past few years against the blitz. Um, and what, so that basically what you can do is blitz him and he can get confused in this game. When he was kept clean from pressure, he actually had a worse grade. And when he was not blitzed, he was had a worse grade. So I think the Browns, there is there is a formula on, on Lamar Jackson. You play man defense and you blitz him, and he's going to struggle. Um, he has he has proven time and time again that he struggles against those coverages, which is interesting for a scrambling quarterback. That man coverages is what what gets him because typically with a you know a, a athlete of his caliber, he's going to be able to he's going to see man coverage. If his read isn't there, he can get out of there and and then burn you with his legs. But what happens, I think, with the with the Browns here is that they were using JOK as a spy guy, which is not mm-hmm. something that they did last year in both those games. They they actually used JOK in the role that I thought that they were going to use him in, which is that spy, and it and it worked to a large extent. Um, I'd, I'd say it worked completely because he he kept he didn't really burn you on really any any scrambles. He had a couple scrambles that you know that you're, you're going to he's going to get some yards that way. It's just going to happen. Um, 
but yeah, there there is a formula to beat Lamar Jackson. Blitz him, play man against him, and then also disguise your coverages as well. And the Browns did that, and they obviously they they made you know made made some work there. They did some good stuff there. So fantastic job by Joe Woods. Fantastic job by the defense. Again, it feels terrible to even discuss this as you know this being a, a team loss. Um, but you know, hey, confidence wise, you get to enjoy your bye week. Feel really good about what you did knowing you can apply that same thing and maybe just add to it here as you're going to face the Ravens here again after the bye week. We're going to switch it up here. And if you haven't had your tums yet, maybe pop one of those as we're going to go to the offensive side of the ball. And, yes, when I say offense, I mean offensive under the lens. John Costco here on your latest Locked on Browns. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today john the offensive side of the ball and first drive kind of you know started off you know looked pretty good you know you felt confident you know then there's the deep ball to donovan people's jones doesn't come down with it then you know you try to take advantage of a one-on-one situation donovan people's jones with marlon humphrey not a good situation to be trying to take advantage of leads to a long field goal attempt you maybe feel good about yourself knowing calais campbell who is one of the you know best all time at blocking field goals, isn't there. And it's 0-0 after the Browns' first drive. Um, and he maybe a little bit of confidence he felt right out the window. Um, but your quarterback, eh, we'll get to that. But, John, there's one, team that, one thing that this team does really, really well. And yesterday, they, they didn't do it well. They didn't do it poorly. They did it piss poorly. Yeah, they, they couldn't run the ball. Part of it is – is how the Ravens defended them. So they they stacked the box continually in this game with, you know, eight and nine defenders. And when teams do that, you have to make them pay with the pass game, the play action game to get them out of that stacked box. But if you can't consistently get them out of that, I mean, it's it's going to be a long day on, on, on the ground. So, you know, Joel Batonio was, was – Joel Batonio is, is the number one graded guard in the NFL. I I believe, but he's, he's been just an absolute beast uh, for this team. He's got a 91.8 grade this year. It's a career high, by a long shot for him. Um, pass protection. He's 86.7 run blocking 89.9. He's just been phenomenal in that regard. Um, totally deserving of that contract extension. He just got, but the problem was, is that like this offensive line, when, you know, you're, you're expecting a, a you know, a nice booster shot with, with Jack Conklin coming back and, and Kareem Hunt coming back. Conklin goes down early and you're, you're stuck there with that, you know, your right tackle who's okay as a run blocker and just should not essentially should not be out there in pass plays. They, they, they need to spell him when you're going to, as almost like a, a, you know, like a replacement guy there because he's, he's that bad as a pass protector, but this, this offense line, they couldn't get anything going against when you, when you have to try to block nine guys with five, six, seven guys, it's hard to do. And it's hard to consistently get those runs. And especially if, if you, you know, as good as Nick Chubb is and as good as Kareem Hunt, 
you know how good these guys are if you're not get, able to get any push and because they're stacking the box it's it makes it running the ball just extreme extremely difficult and they weren't able to, to get them out of that because they weren't consistent enough in the pass game and now going to the passing game which was not good which was not consistent i believe you guys only have um the browns down for two drops yesterday and we're going to have to take a meeting with some of the folks over at PFF because this we'll, we'll talk about that we'll as difficult as you guys are on some of the things you grade over there. Um, the receiver in me says you're not being hard enough on receivers for catching the ball. So, so there's a difference between a, a catchable ball that's then also broken up versus straight dropping it. Right. So you Felton, can you straight can, drop Felton, straight Felton, drop. Felton, straight drop. Donovan Peoples Jones, straight drop the on other the, early ones, on the first drive. Right. On the first drive, okay. clearly, yes. That was those are the two clean straight drops. Now you're the the people that argue the other the other two that I get arguments for, and I don't even know what the others potentially could be or whatever. Njoku's potentially there's one that Njoku had, and I don't I'm not even sure which one that is, but the the Hooper one on well, so I'll go to Landry first because that was the second down one. So Landry one on second down, back shoulder throw. It's low and and behind him and he's fully extended having to try to catch up all the ball. Yes, it does hit his hands, but it's not a, it's not a clean drop because he's essentially still fully extended as he gets the ball, the ball in his hands. And there's about six inches between the ball hitting the ground and, and where he, when he catches it and then the, he hits the ground and as he hits the ground, the ball pops out of his hands. That would be an extremely difficult catch to make. So our actually what we call that is lost control as he hit the ground. It's not cleanly a drop in that regard. It's not a good throw. I, I can't, you know, I can't, nobody can argue that it's a good throw. And it's not just me that's grading that too. It's, you know, we have Bruce Gadkowski, who's a former NFL quarterback that doesn't have any bias against I mean, He played for the Cleveland Browns. So we didn't have any bias against Baker Mayfield or anything like that, but he, he actually wanted to call that a, a, a minus 0.5. It ended up being a zero throw, but um, graded throw, but we still don't call that as a drop for large Jarvis Lynch. It would have been probably a plus one catch if he would have been able to haul that in because it was that difficult. Now the Austin Hooper one, that ball did hit his hands, but there's no actual clear view of, of why that actually fell incomplete. Um, it, that defender, I was in Tyus Bauer, Bowser was all up in his hands were in that in between the ball and his hands as well. But there was not, there were not from all 22 end zone view, sideline view or any of the replays we got there was not an actual clear did did he actually rip that ball out as they were going to the ground we couldn't tell for sure and when that happens we we give the benefit of the doubt to the defender making a play on the ball so that is what how we handle those types of situations now you could say that yes hooper should have been able to catch that ball because it was a catchable ball which you are 100 right i would say that he he sh- you're paying a guy 13 million dollars or whatever they're paying hooper this year you know per year he should be catching that type of ball that is a catchable ball and and one of the things that you know stats i put up on twitter today was the browns caught 78 percent of their catchable targets in this game which is a se- the second lowest rate that they've done so on the season behind the steelers game which we know there there were like six drops in that game so there's a difference in terms of just a pure stat of he dropped it versus this was a catchable target and it was not caught. If that makes sense. It makes sense. PFF is pro defensive back. 
and they do anything they can to make the defensive backs look better. That's the way it goes down to here. No wonder John is so 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 enthralled and happy in his position. Over with the good folks over at PFF. John Baker Mayfield. And look, for everybody, he's not going anywhere. A number one, look, if you want to say the Browns are officially out of contention and you want to say, all right, we're going to throw him on IR, we'll get the labrum surgery done early, that's fine. But And here's the other thing. And, John, we're going back to exactly where we were one year ago today with the Browns and their offense. The difference, Baker Mayfield played like Joe Montana and was able to deal with the fact that this team could not get vertical. Literally the same cast, John. There is nothing different now. Odell wasn't here. Odell's not here now. Jarvis Landry, in order for Jarvis Landry to have big plays, they got to be long developing crossers, those type of things. He's not going to beat anybody vertically. Donovan Peoples-Jones, there's times where he looks really, really good, and there's times where he was a former sixth-round pick, and we don't know he's ever going to translate from this guy who caught 38, 39 balls a season in college to perhaps a 75, 80-yard reception type of guy. Rashard Higgins, you can say all you want. I probably would have wanted him out there last night just from the fact that I know usually most of the time if he's open and we throw it to him, he's going to come down with it, even if we don't do it a lot. But we're in the same spot. But Baker is not nearly as accurate and certainly not nearly as confident with the football right now as he was one year ago. So you're trying to set this up to score touchdowns. And guess what? It's going to take 12, 13, 14 plays drives to do this because you cannot get huge chunk plays through the passing game. And right now the offensive line, not counting the interior, is certainly not playing like they were last year at this time. It's obviously not going to get better because we're not going to see Jack Conklin anymore in any way whatsoever. I doubt the lights are just going to go on for Blake Hans here. But this is literally the same situation as where you were a year ago. And the thing is, Coach Stefanski had all the great calls last year, always seemed to be one step ahead of the defense. Now, that is not the case. You've got an injured quarterback. Not every week is the running game going to fail you. That's certainly not going to be the case. But here we are, and, you know, it it doesn't have any, like, vote of confidence like it did last year that, you know what, we'll be able to make it through doing this. Yeah, so uh, essentially the difference between this year and last year is that Baker Mayfield was playing a lot better last year. Now, is that because, you know, defenses have figured out this Kevin Stefanski offense with this group of, you know, this cast of characters that they can't get vertical. And so there's only a certain select play types of plays that you have to defend against. And so then they don't have much for answers or is it, is it, I mean, part of it is, it, is it Baker's injuries that's causing him to be, you know, not play very well. You're talking about for, for Baker, the past two games that he's played, he's missed on 36% and 38% of his, of his targets. Um, meaning they've been deemed uncatchable. And that's the two lowest rates he's ever had in his career outside of one other game, which he was 40%, and that was in 2019. So the issue is, A, all the things that they said, but it's also Baker's not as accurate as he used to be. So like one of the things that Baker was last year, he was incredibly accurate. And we we, he showed that. And so what you're limited as, as A, it doesn't seem like Kevin Savancy trusts Baker to be able to to adjust the play call at the line of scrimmage when, Hey, this is the look that we're getting right now. We need to change our play in the, from this look, but this is the play that's called and we have to run that. So 
Is it is it a fancy thing where he's too controlling, where he just wants to control everything, or is it does he not trust Baker? Is Baker not good enough to recognize that and then to get him into the right play call? So th- there's there's a lot of things that's going wrong there. But then then you talk about this off season, you know, I, I hammered this home in the off season. You need to they needed to improve this offense. It showed the warts against that Kansas City game where they couldn't get vertical, they couldn't get open against man coverage because they didn't have the guys to be able to do that. And you needed to do more to put around Baker than just assuming that having Odell Beckham Jr. back would would boost this offense and then just adding one weapon in Anthony Schwartz. So they're going to have a lot of – they they need to get a lot more speed and and talent on, you know, from a wide receiver position because – if they it based on this box count, it really can. It, it is. You're sitting here with the same cast of characters. And look, I understand. And look, if they were in a position where they probably could have done something about it last year, they would have. But you were not going to get any return of investment on Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. at the time. Obviously, maybe they were banking a little bit more on Donovan Peoples Jones than they should have. We don't know if that's the case. But you know, Donovan Peoples Jones maybe also did this to himself by having a strong summer and looking like maybe he was going to take a step. Anthony Schwartz, it's really crazy to say that here we are going into December of his rookie year, and he really hasn't done a darn thing since week one. And actually, week one, it was like, well, wait a minute. Wow, we kind of dogged the guy all summer, and he really looks like, man, he might be ready to contribute right off the bat. Um, you know, when you're getting to the point where Jamarcus Bradley is, you know, playing. Not meaningful playing, snaps. <laughs> yeah, playing a ton. And I believe at one point last night, the announcers thought he was a tight end because they brought up how much of a great blocker he is. Yeah, they were all over the place with that one. Um, but it's it, – they're hamstrung, John. It, and I don't know if hopefully getting Schwartz back can do something about it. You know, maybe it will. I mean, and at this point, I guess you probably have nothing to lose in this point. But it is so hard to play this game when the field is 120 yards long, but you're basically playing it in a 20 to 25 yard box before John answers. Um, yes. Jack Conklin after the season did tear the patella and yeah, here's some great news. At least it's a bye week coming up here uh, from Cameron justice. Uh, Johnny Stanton and Charlie Hewlett had both been placed on the COVID-19 list. But John, again, you're playing this, you know, you basically, you're playing, you know, if it's baseball, ease, you're playing as a walk in singles team. You can't do any damage deep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if the way to the way to be able to com- combat that to get defenses to back off is to be able to beat them in the pass game. So like you want to have the the run is your bread and butter, bread and butter, but if you can't beat them with the pass game, there's no reason for them to never take get out of the the 8 and 9 man boxes. And so and it's then not much can- different than what the Browns did to Lamar. You 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 beat us for 45 yards. Okay, we'll respect it, but until you do, we're not going to yeah, Lamar has never shown that he's been able to consistently like win in the pass game. He has shown flashes of it, right? Like I think, and it, but that's about it. And they have, you know, from a, from a receiving talent standpoint, they have a lot more receiving talent. Like Mark Andrews, top top two, top three tight end in the NFL. Um, Hollywood Brown, probably the, you know, arguably the a top three deep threat in the NFL. I really love Rashad Bateman, and then they're you know Duvernay. Um, and, and Sammy Watkins, they both are really quality, I guess, intermediate type guys with, with both with really good speed or whatever. Whereas the, you know, the, from the Browns perspective, it's like, man, if you have to almost guess correctly in terms of who's going to be getting open on a play, if it's man coverage, because 
they can't really separate very well against man coverage. They don't, you know, this is, it is what it is for them. So, um, you know, dogs, you know, last week it was my dog this week. It's your dog. Right. So, um, stupid delivery, man. Damn Amazon packages. It's your wife. That's just constantly ordering them. It's like, what, what came in the mail today? I don't know. Yes. 100%. (laughs) Um, you know, and I think it's 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 showing the limitations of what it is to be a run first team. And if Baker Mayfield was playing better, it kind of really wouldn't. I, I he would make this cast of characters be able to work. Like, look at what New England's pl- doing dealing with right now, and they make you know they have Hunter Henry, who's who's a good tight end, but you wouldn't say that any of those other guys that they have at receiver are anything special. Um, yet they make it work because their quarterback is playing extremely well right now. Whereas Baker Mayfield he, in this game, he had a uh, you know final grade of a 48.4 in the pass game. And he's, you know, last week he was similar and the week before he was even worse. So it's Baker Mayfield's on a, if he's not playing well, this team doesn't go. So, and that's kind of like the, how it's going to be with most teams anyways. But like when you're playing at that bad of a level, it's going to be really bad. Like if he can play, like if he had played just as, good as he did against the Steelers like the Steelers wasn't even a great game for him but he was at a I think it was a 69 grade for that game um yes yeah 69.3 in that game that would have been a good enough performance to win this game but when you're down into the 40s that's that's bordering on on like you can't win with a quarterback that way like Lamar was in you know a 30 I think 36 or whatever generally you can't win with that so it's just, it just comes down to who makes one one more play and it happened to be the Ravens in this one. Unfortunately, that is the case. We're going to get to a little bit more here with John. Some thoughts here about maybe what can be done uh, to hopefully, you know, resurrect everything here and, you know, save this sinking ship from hitting bottom here over the bye week. John Costco joins here for your latest Locked on Browns. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football and turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. We are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. John, I mean, you're probably talking four and one, five and oh down the stretch here to even have a shot, which certainly seems insurmountable at this point. But is there anything can be done? You have a defense now that's you know starting to rise starting to, you know, uh, you know, show its presence, announce its authority as a pretty quality unit in this league. And you have an offense right now that can't even get out of its own way. Yeah. Um, if the offense can get things corrected, like, you know, the playoffs are back into perspective. Um, and this season is not over, right? Like I've, I've said that over the next, um, you know, over the last set of these games or whatever, if, if the Browns, as long as you can split with the Ravens, 
you'll be fine, right? Because because the season's still in play. You you've then beaten a division opponent, and the rest of the season's still in front of you. The one one big one where you know you've you've been you've been consistently been able to beat the, the Bengals, so you you should be able to do that in, in week seventeen. And if this offense can kind of get back on track, and especially with the bye, getting everybody healthy, minus obviously Jack Conklin, um, you know that the offense should be able to you know get get right and especially with an from a from a buy perspective they can see hey what is it that that's causing us to have these problems and what is it that we need to adjust so a bye week is probably here at the at the right time it, it probably should have been able to you know you could have hoped that it would have come before the new england game maybe to to after the whole you know the whole drama of, of the OBJ stuff. And then that week or whatever, that would have been an ideal time, but it is what it is. The team, you know, Baker hasn't really looked right. Uh, uh, you know, after that Cincinnati game. So this buy comes at a perfect time for him, for this team. And this offense can, if they can get right, I mean, they can, they can still make a run for it because this defense is, is excellent. And they, you know, everything's still out in front of them. If they went out, they, they should be able to make the playoffs. <clears throat> John, uh, you know, going, you know, further here, you know, with this team and, you know, certainly fingers crossed on, you know, what they can accomplish here down the end, you know, but let's go just take it outside of Cleveland here. John, have we established who the best team in the AFC is and the best team is in the NFC to this point through 12 weeks? No, no, definitely not. It's definitely not the Ravens. That's for sure. Um, even though they're number one seed in the AFC, um, if I were to put my money on it for the AFC, you're, you're, it's probably between the it's probably the Patriots at right right now in terms of the way they're playing. Most um, complete, most complete for sure. They're and they're just, I mean, they just dominate. They just dominated the Tennessee Titans team. That's that's really good. They, you know, obviously they have injuries and stuff like that. They didn't have AJ Brown, Derrick Henry's out and stuff like that. But um, they, you know, it's Bill Belichick coach team and. You know, maybe maybe you can throw if Kansas City into that mix, but like really, it's it's kind of Buffalo. Buffalo's shown a lot of warts this year, so who knows in the AFC, NFC at least. I think the Packers kind of really have established themselves as that top team. Um, they, you yep. know, well, and they to lost. think the Packers still are going to get Zadari. They're going to get Zadarius Smith back. They're still got Jairi Alexander coming back. And, you know, obviously they're certainly going to have room for him to play him, but that secondary's playing lights out anyway. Right, exactly. And then you know, it all comes down on, you know, that offense is just phenomenal with Aaron Rodgers running the show. It just really is. And so um, they've, you know, they beat the, the Arizona Cardinals, who are the number one seed right now. But, you know, the one game that Rodgers missed, they they lost naturally. They would have won that game likely. Um and last week they lost on the last second field goal to the Vikings who normally miss last second field goal. So, you know, I, I think for, for the Packers, they're only going to continue to get better and uh, they will be a formidable opponent there. I, I'm not, I still not really sold on the Cardinals being the, you know, they're a good team, but like, like I think a lot of things they do are kind of fluky and stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not sold on them yet. And we just saw, um, you know, the Rams, the Rams are not for real, for sure. I think they have a lot of issues. And, you know, this is a this is a reason why you don't trade, you know, two first round picks and your quarterback for uh, another quarterback just to move up from the bottom of the, the mid tier to the top of the mid tier. Matthew Stafford's never shown anything more than a beat a, a top mid tier type quarterback. And, you know, I think I think uh, 
they're kind of screwed for the foreseeable future because they, they they've mortgaged their their future to go all in this year. Uh, interesting. Um, and look, five, uh, six weeks to go, uh, five to six, five to six games left to play for, uh, most everybody. Um, Brown's here with the opportunity to, you know, rest up, um, defensively kind of got to love where this team is at and, and maybe, you know, you probably maybe not even wishing the buy was here as well as they're playing offensively. You could probably use a buy and maybe another buy and another buy and try to figure this mess out. Try to figure out the right tackle position. Um, try to get Jedrick Wills to be playing at the upper echelon of his play. Um, it's in there. You know, we've seen it. And for everybody getting on Jed Wills, keep in mind he is only 22 years old. Um, you know, so that's certainly something to keep in mind with Jedrick Wills. Um, but you got to find another, a way. John's got to jump in. Yeah, sorry. Another thing with like offensive linemen too, like they they usually have a third year leap. Like if you're talking about any, a lot of positions have those that third year leap where they 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 kind of jump up in, in a level of play. Offensive linemen in particular, really, that's really where it shows in, in, in that level. So Jedrick Wills is growing to his body. He had to flip from right side to left side. And then he's also dealt with an injury this year. Like he's not played well this year. There's He's had flashes where he's played well, but you're talking about having to flip, you know, as soon as he starts playing well, he gets an ankle injury or, or and, and that's kind of, you know, really kind of set him back this year. So I think next year is kind of the year to, to judge where he's at and what he, you know, what type of a player he is. And so, because it's really, it really rings true for offensive linemen that on that theory year leap and the data, we have a lot of data that shows that. Interesting. Certainly interesting. And I'm sure that comes from a defensive backs, uh, you know, perspective, you know, as everything <laughs> PFF seems to do these days, um, but he is John Costco. Um, always appreciate bringing John in for these, um, you know, certainly in the good times and the bads, we certainly had a lot more fun with these episodes uh, closing down the stretch of 2020 uh, than we are currently having, you know, where we are at here in 2021. Uh, check everything out. Obviously, you know, John, uh, the folks over at PFF, uh, just a, a great, great, fantastic resource. Uh, so make sure you're checking that out. Follow at John Costco three show itself at lockdown Browns. Follow back at account. DMS are always open. Certainly at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMS are open ideas, questions. You just want to scream and yell. Cause God knows certainly a bunch of you take your time to go ahead and do that. Um, one thing we're not going to discuss about, uh, anymore is whether or not the ball is being thrown too hard. Just letting you guys know on that one here. Um, wherever you get your podcasts, Make sure you're following or subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Um, <clears throat> Five-star ratings, written reviews. We appreciate everybody who takes the time out to make Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Uh, we got some you know different stuff coming here this week with the bye week. We have uh, you know, the ability to uh, maneuver things around a little bit, and we're certainly going to take advantage of that um, before we kick it back into Ravens week again next week. Um, so with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.